Fake Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Hey, remember Robo Trippin? Is that the cop, Murphy? <laughs> Robo Coppin? Remember Trippin? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's him after he retired from the force. Do, do robots retire from the force? I think it's when he gets to a place where, like in a modern understanding, we know that cops are whack, so we just say that he's Robo Trippin. All right. Do you think Murphy is uh would be like kind of sidelined right now waiting on a chip? Yeah, he's not even built yet. He's there. He just needs the chip. They just got him in a lot sitting there baking in the sun. Or are there any other pieces of him that are in a shipping container somewhere <laughs> outside of a port right now just waiting? Maybe. I feel like the human part of him's just sitting there, can't do anything. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> you think he's like remote working? <laughs> the poor guy. It's so hot out here I can't do it. I can't even walk. <laughs> it's like this part of his body is just like sweating like crazy. His little mouth or whatever. <laughs> still there (laughs) I love the idea of a remote cop just an iPad on a Segway rolling around arresting people (laughs) get in (laughs) it's just a Segway with handcuffs for the handlebars (laughs) driving around from the house get on at a distance, it looks like someone's just riding a Segway, but they're actually a prisoner to a remote <laughs> <Right>. RoboCop. <laughs> Taking them in. <laughs> oh, fuck. Advances in technology. It makes the world go around. I know. We Just think, they start regulating that. The cops aren't ever going to get there. I don't know. I mean, when has regulation ever really stifled... Innovation? Yeah. Probably never. <laughs> Probably never at all. I imagine that uh, the electrical outlets and whatnot in your house um, are at the peak of their technological uh, wiring uh, uh, technology. Because, like, I feel like in 80, what was it, 84, they went to doing the neutral wire to to them so like yeah pretty much 84 technology is as good as we're going to get with wiring your house and outlets I think and just for posterity I know some people listen to this every week but if you are kind of listening in the future we are broadcasting in 1985 I mean we know what the fuck we're talking about because we've been recording these podcasts before the internet so we know 
where technology is going. Yeah, we're we're recording this direct to tape in anticipation of what we assume will be podcasts. Podcasts, yeah. Well, that's what I call them. I hope that's what they call them in the future. <laughs> I call them robo tripping. <laughs> you, you know that young fucker Al Gore. He's gonna take the, our ideas and say he invented it. When did RoboCop come out? Because uh, I would really like the rest of this podcast episode to be period. So, yeah, the eighty. 87? No. I remember I bought a Laserdisc player and it came with Robocop. So when did the Laserdisc? When was that? Tough to say. But your point stands. The innovation that could be. Because <laughs> you're, you're right. Like 80, mid 80s, obviously. Mm-hmm. a few things but for the most part like early to mid 70s is when things just really clamped down mm-hmm. yeah um, housing is one that I know I've talked about a bunch on the show uh, the, the fact that we're still building them the same way it's just it's stupid and it has to do with regulation because you have to meet this framing code well, this framing code is designed for two by fours and whatnot. Why the fuck are we still building with two by fours? Because why? Because a company who invents something better has to spend a lot of money lobbying politicians to allow this to become part of the building code before they're even allowed to start selling the product to maybe convince some contractors to build with it. I mean, at that point, you've knocked out half of the good ideas. They're like, I'm not, we can't, there's no way. Can it not be said that the intent there would be that we standardize things in such a way so it's a level playing field and we as maybe even like a nation can buy parts and materials in mass? You can say that. <laughs> I'm never going to tell you what to, to say or not to say, but no. I mean, that's that's how they spin it, right? To convince you that they're passing a bill that's looking out for you, but that's not what it's for. All the way down to the smallest town. I know. I've had remodel companies that I've ran, and I've had to go and pay off the politicians to get the, the so-called... Um, the the what they call it uh it was like an extra insurance but it had a different name that they supposedly would pay the first x amount of dollars to the person if say you didn't finish the project or you messed up their home or whatever but they required you have an insurance builder's insurance they covered more than that anyway, so it never paid out. Mm. Well, they would make you pay it, and you had to go pay it to this one company that was right across the street from the courthouse. He would give you the bond, bond, and then they would direct you right over there, pay cash. You know, I've done that. 
all the way down to the smallest towns. The towns that the conservative people say, you know, I wish it was back then. Yeah, they're ro- there's less people robbing you, but they're all fucking robbing you. It's all about robbing you. It has, they're not building it. They're not invested in it being right. The 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 customer and the 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 contractor are the only two people who are invested in the outcome of this project. And the built and the material makers and the you know those people, the people who have money and investment on the line. So you're saying the insurance that you cover or that you carry is greater than what you actually need to have cover, therefore being bonded would it never... does nothing. It would never pay anything. Yeah, because you have a million dollars. Most places will make you carry, well, back then was about a million dollars, right, for what we were doing. Um, so you, you, we just had more than that. That way we could work anywhere, right? And then this place required us to have that, right? But also required us to get this bond that would never have to pay out because if you had the insurance they required you to have in the first place, it would have paid out way beyond that bond. So there's there was no reason for it. I imagine the way they spun it was like, oh, somebody they somebody got to work right without having insurance there once. And they're like, oh, we'll stop this. And then they pass this rule knowing that it's not going to change. If it's an illegal contractor, they're not responsible for any of it. You know what I mean? They're gone. So, like, it doesn't solve the problem that actually happened. You know what I mean? Which any illegal contractor is just a contractor that is working outside of their stupid laws. And the, the false sense of security that that kind of shit does, like the the little uh, life, business licenses and bullshit like that, that's why people fall for this shit. If people did not have that false sense of security, like, oh, somebody else is watching out for me, you wouldn't have all these contractors out there being able to fuck people over because people would be more in tune with who the fuck was working on their shit. Your home is a little bit different than anything else you would have serviced mm-hmm. in that it, you live in it, right? That's mm-hmm. the big one. But also there's a timetable associated with it. So I'm wondering if some of that has to come down to, yes, while it's being worked on, maybe something's covered by insurance, but you know, years down the line, something's discovered. You want to make sure it's covered? Well, the the contractor's insurance is has to do with like completion of job, uh, damage to the house during the process of the job, uh, and then if it does not reach the contract, like the level of quality of the contract states that it'll reach between the customer, it can sometimes be used to cover that depending on how you know obvious it is you know 
not up to par, right? Um, but that's more stuff that's damaged. That's not going to cover things that are like, oh, I don't like the way that looked or whatever. Neither is that bond. So that's going to be something that you'll take to litigation. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like some damage isn't immediately obvious. Right. And would that insurance cover it retroactively? It would like, have is, to if it was able to be proven that it was like because of shoddy work. If it's because of a a part or something that was faulty, then no. And that's up to you to litigation between the part manufacturer and the person who owns the home or uh, unless the part is specifically says during sale that, you know, it's not responsible for x whatever happened to your house then then no then you don't you have no recourse and and it's so that's what i'm saying like all these things that are supposed to protect you that you think are protecting you 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 end up not being protected by them i will say the insurance and bonding game there is a little bit of the like money changers vibe of a bit of a shell game but the the thing that i don't understand is what you had talked about a bit before the two by four piece because there's no monopoly on those things so why limit to that if there was no basis okay so what when you're voting like when when people are looking to get elected they need money so your you know your your framers unions and whatnot they they like to donate to politicians well framers know how to build with two by fours they don't want a new technology where it's a whole nother type of work coming in to do it you know they don't like maybe a machine that comes in and prints some walls or something like that. They don't want that. So they, you know, they stop it from being able to happen with these regulations. So the materials themselves are not really what's cropping up. They can be there. There could be like, depending on where you're at, you know, you're going to have your loggers, and stuff like that in places maybe they're looking for votes that way whatever or maybe the per- polit- one of the politicians owns a logging company but that's how all this stuff starts you know um, I mean, even George Washington did it with the railroad he owned property that he knew if the railroad went one way that was going to be more expensive for the taxpayers his property would be worth more and guess which way the fucking railroad went been happening that way it's little things like that it's just the incentive structure the government if you have the power to steal people's money and make it go your way you'll do it most people will do it the kind of people that want power will do it that's why they want power so i mean 
there's a lot of reasons why it happens and that's the thing about it you can't we can't fix it from happening we have to get rid of the power itself because there's too many little factors that are going to make it always happen when you have a power structure that can do this you know like electrical you know the wiring manufacturers the copper manufacturers that manufacture the wire that comes out that's a big money business right do you want to compete no you just want to regulate the shit out of it and make sure that people still buying your shit because you got to think about it you've been lobbying all this time to knock your other wire competitors out right for for benefits for you right through government now not only let's say now you're you're it there's not many competitors now right you there's like three of us right making wire for homes you don't want now that i've lobbied to get pretty much all the competition out of the way through regulations business manufacturing whatever unions you don't want to lose the market completely because somebody came out with a better thing that's not regulated so you have to now lobby to make sure that you know outlets are done the same way from now on you know what i mean because that would be not only would you lose your business but you'd lose all that money you spent time you spent lobbying and the other thing you'd have to do all that over again so you can't let that happen it's all protectionism man but doesn't that then drive the kind of innovation that leapfrogs the infrastructure itself so instead of even competing in the wiring game you try and figure out a way to do everything wirelessly or right. whatever that next level is yeah they did that with um things like uh low voltage your uh, low voltage shit is pretty much all wireless now even your security systems because of that you know you need is a way to get around all the other regulations and whatnot. So I, I think you can with certain things, and I think you know you just have to hit that threshold where it's possible, uh, cost effectively possible. So like when the regulation outweighs the extra cost of there being a little battery, either the cost of the battery and technology of how good the battery is goes up or down you know down it's got to meet and then surpass that uh that that price point that the all the regulations has put you know the other way of doing things at but that stifles all that other innovation that was trying to get there like there's so many things that don't even get tried because oh well this is in my way this is in my way this is in my way fuck it I'll go do something else. But couldn't you say that that very innovation is driven by that regulation? Because would we have gotten to wireless that quickly if they hadn't regulated the wires? Well, we might not have gotten to wireless. We might have gotten something better than what we have now. Like, we're always going to go towards better. And who's to say, like, whatever the way the wires would be today would be wouldn't be better if there wasn't the regulation cost involved 
You know what I mean? Like, and the and the fact that we're using the same wires that are regulated to be used. You know what I mean? Which low voltage is is pretty mildly regulated to begin with. That's why you have your CAD five, your CAD six. You, you know all that. It's not stuck with the three, you know, wires or whatever. But then you look at things like fiber optics. Like in America, we've got fiber optics. I've got fiber optics coming right to my house. Completely, absolutely capable of, of doing 10 terabytes a second. Absolutely. Physically capable. But I'm not allowed to do it unless I have... Uh, certain whatever for so you'd have to, something about having servers and shit in your it's like a business license or something I don't know what you gotta have but like you can't just I can't call up AT&T and get 10 terabytes a second in my house but in India you can like Joe Schmo's got a 10 terabyte coming into his house well, there's only so it, much internet to go around. I don't think I don't know if his real name is Joe Schmo, but that's what he calls himself. Is Schmo a common last name in India? I think so. It's like John, John, Jones, Johns. What? What's a common la- uh, last name in America? It's Jones, right? Isn't that the most common? Or Smith, maybe. Ah, oh, Smith. Yeah. I feel like every Americanized first name that I hear from India is like Brian. I think that's one I hear a lot. Like when you're talking to someone who's offshored their customer service. Yeah. Brian's a big one. So is Kevin. Because Joe Schmo has that server. Like they can all just hang out at his house and do it. All your customer service. I think most of... India's offshore business is just being run from Joe Schmo's house. Pretty much. He is the economic center of India because he's got all that internet that he won't share. Because I assume what you mean is the first guy to call up and get that connection is the one who has it because there's only so much to go around, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. So when you are stifling this innovation through regulation, like not being able to have 10 terabytes a second. So when, like you were getting at that, um, uh, that driving force of, oh, well, this isn't working because of X, let's come up with something new. That's, that's true. That happens, but it's also counteracted by all the regulations of trying to, get something new to market but if you look at let's say the internet service if we could all just get 10 terabytes a second right that would um put a strain on a lot of the the internet infrastructure that we have currently but that strain would cause that innovation that you speak of and one of the least regulated things is 
our technology sectors because it moves faster than regulation. And ha- if that's the problem, though, if regulation ever gets in front of something, if that's it, you know, you have to stay ahead of it because it'll stop you. <laughs> it gets in front of you. The closed door behind you is fine. Closed door in front of you, not as good. But doesn't that eventually run out? Aren't they just borrowing from their future selves? Right, these industries. Let's call it. I don't want to. I don't want to name drop too much. But let's just say AT and T, an American technology company. If we say AT and T, in the short term, has gains by regulating away their competition, wouldn't that only mean short term well, gains for them until someone innovates to the next level, and then mm-hmm. means that they've spent so much. Well, what happens is because we've monopol- we've allowed through government regulations for these monopoly companies to happen because they don't have to compete on a level playing field with other competitors, is when somebody does create something better and gets around it by making it a completely new thing, right? AT&T just buys it because... They didn't have to compete. They held everybody down, sucked all the money out, and then when somebody does something, they've got all the money and all the like the the areas that they're allowed to be in, and like they own all that. Try to compete. And they just like okay, we'll either be your worst enemy or we'll buy you. And they they buy them. You can't blame the people for selling to them. So now AT&T's got that technology and we it, we're all better off for it because now we we've got it, right? But like if AT&T was on a level playing field, like I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about regulation. They wouldn't be this big cuz anybody could come in and take over their market. There could be like there would be a 100 different, you know, people doing what they do and doing it better unless they were you know unless they were spending that lobby money on making our lives better like they should be I'm not saying that AT&T is an evil company because in the because government exists that's the game you have to play because there is no other game to play if you don't play that game where you regulate your competition out, somebody else is going to regulate you out. Yes, it's evil what you're doing, but you're not going to exist without it. So that's not free market. That's that's at the opposite of free market, you know. But that's that's what you do in in a in a world where the government regulates the market. I mean, you're right. But, don't hate the player, hate the game. Right, and that's where a lot of our left friends that agree with a lot of stuff we say, where we deviate, where they 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 get to there, where AT and T is doing evil things, and then they forget why they're able to. It, they don't go to that next step, and that's what I'm saying is like we just need we don't need to get rid of companies that supplying products that we want 
we need to make sure that those companies have to compete and there's more things that we want out there being brought to the table or things that we don't want and those companies going under that all that stuff is advancements as long as it's going towards making human life more fulfilled instead of what it goes to today by holding other people down that's the big difference between somebody who believes in the state and somebody who doesn't like us is one goes oh somebody's doing something better than me i need to get better and the other goes oh somebody's doing something better than me how do i stop that from happening how do I show, make them not able to? Because it's not fair. I mean, isn't that in our nature, though? If I see somebody who looks better than me, and I'm just a an ape human, cave dweller, if I yeah. see a more attractive male, I'm just going to hit him over the head with a club? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think, like, I think that's taught to us in school and whatnot but like everything's supposed to be fair but i think really people compete i think we all have that competitive nature in some form or fashion whether it be uh reading whether it be writing whether it be playing football or whose car is faster who built the faster car that's, that's something i like to do well i think you're making your your point clear even with the the lobbying piece, right? Because it's who can get to the lobbyist first and who can pay them the most money. Yeah. It's just that it sounds like a lot of that competition is wasted toward the state as opposed to actually going into the market and the product itself. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like the the instead of clubbing somebody over the head, I think we like to compete. It's just that when there, when the competition is who can get to the state first, because the state is the ultimate power, is the goal. That's how you succeed. Then that's where you're gonna. That's where you're competing towards. But if the, the state doesn't do that, so let's say, let's even go minarchist. If say the state just doesn't get involved in economic stuff at all, uh, then where do you go? You got to go to the customer because that's the other, that's the only other thing there is. So you have to, you have to play the game for that person instead of for the state. And that's when people thrive. That's when the company that doesn't do good for the people doesn't make it. That's when the company that does do great things for the people makes it. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you've been in this industry for 30 years making two by fours and we don't need them anymore. But like, that's what you chose. You don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life. I know that the school system has taught you that that's it. That's what you're supposed to do is like, Oh, when, but no, you, I've done so many different things in my life. I've learned so many different trades, and it's not because people have, told me that's a good idea in fact they've told me the opposite but it has served me very well to do so 
So while we wait on the folks in power to come to the realization that they should have less power. (laughs) I can think of one person today that realized that. Imagine she's burning in hell right now. Oh, Madeline. Oh, Maddie. It's all bright. But while we wait on the state to shrink itself. (laughs) Well, it will do it. It just won't want to. (laughs) What should we do in the meantime to jump? Because we can't really vote with our wallets if AT&T has a monopoly. We can't decide that our house isn't made by the union if the union has a monopoly. Because if you have $7 zillion in your wallet, all they got to do is print a whole bunch of it and give it to the guys they wanted to have it. Oh, wait, they do that now. Okay, let's keep going. All right, so what we need to do is... uh, Create products. Do a black market. We need to build homes the way we want to build homes. We need to get away with everything we can get away with. Everything. We need to 3D print guns with bongs attached to the guns. There's one of those out there now. Everybody go 3D print one. I don't even smoke anything, but I want one because I am who I am. I like the idea of you being the guy who owns one of those and doesn't even smoke (laughs) and you having like a romantic comedy meet cute moment with someone who doesn't even shoot, but just smokes. (laughs) I do like that. (laughs) That's the anarcho-capitalist version of How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) I think your question is is everything. I think your question is is everything about what we do. Everything about what we say. It's it's all of it. It's it's balled up into one, and it's just to. The answer is to. Get away with what you can get away with. That you feel is right for you and your family and whatnot, and. Let your position be known. Don't, don't hide at your work and say. It. it if you're in a place where I don't want to tell you to, you don't need to get fired or whatever. If you, if you, that's, if you need that job or whatever, but if you're in a place where they need you, annoy them, let them know because there's a lot of people out there like us who just are uh, is not as much now, but, there's still people out there that are just afraid that think nobody thinks like them. Nobody sees all this fucked up shit going on. 
And it's just because everybody's being quiet because the news says that you're the only one. But we're all, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Even people that don't know, they, they feel this way. When you really press them, turns out they do believe that they should be free. There's not too many people that think they should be ruled. The, the people who want, who are positioning themselves to be rulers are the only ones who think that people should be ruled. Really. When you really press them. So, I think I think we let it be known. I think we, let's, We'll talk about the will 3D print houses like they did in Nevada. They said they couldn't get it approved by the building inspectors because it didn't follow the building code. But they did it anyway. People wanted them, so they just fucking did it. And just after the fact, we're like, well, y'all figure something out because people are buying them and they're going to live in them. It's punk rock as hell, man. That's the coolest thing ever. That's some ballsy shit. I mean, that's a big risk. That's something that people should stand up and applaud. Because he, those people took a extreme financial risk. One that I would not, I, I don't think I would have taken unless I was in a really, really good place. Uh, and that's, uh, that's something, man. It's inspired me to do the same to do things like that, to do whatever I can, to 3D print things I'm not supposed to 3D print, or um, sell things that you're not supposed to sell, or buy things that you're not supposed to buy, or hire a cleaning lady that doesn't, isn't, doesn't have any paperwork that says that she's legal. She told me she was, so I'm just taking her on her word. Who would have thought that this advice would have come from a company as big as Nike? <laughs> you would have thought, yeah. It used to be a long time ago. I'm sure it's more now, but it was like $3.13 to make a pair of Jordans or whatever. <laughs> like all the way through is what it cost Nike. Damn, that's, that's a hell of a business plan, dude. Well, if you're thinking about stealing a pair of Jordans. Just do it. It's a trap, and there's no comfort.